Somebody recently asked me what my biggest strength in life is. And, you know, there's a half a dozen ways to answer that. I can say uh, my ability to throw objects in trash cans from far distances, which is a true thing I'm quite good at. Um, it's also um, being willing to be embarrassed in front of lots of people. I have a thick skin for that. But joking aside, I, I had to sit there for a second, and the answer I came up with was this, was being comfortable being uncomfortable. Hey, before we get into today's episode, I've got something to share. Life isn't about finding fulfillment and success. It's about creating it. To that end, I've got a new book out, and it's called Creative Calling. It became an instant bestseller when it was released earlier this September. And for those of you listening to the podcast, if you dig this podcast, then this book is the perfect companion. I mean perfect because it takes the ideas we discuss here on the show and it organizes them. It takes my life of learning and studying creativity, talking to hundreds of the world's top creators in so many disciplines, and it organizes these ideas in a really clever and very practical way that I know will help you take action in pursuit of your dreams. So my ask is that you pick up a copy or two, or heck, 10. I'm not trying to be coy, but here's why. This is not about a transaction. This is about a message and a movement. You see, creativity is a force inside of every person, such that when it's unleashed, it transforms our lives and delivers vitality to everything we do. It's my belief that establishing a daily practice around creativity is therefore our most valuable and urgent task. It's as important to our well-being as exercise and nutrition. Now, I've put everything I have into this book, everything. It's been 10 years in the making. Um, just a couple words here from Richard Branson. He said, if you want to focus on creating amazing experiences, creating amazing businesses and relationships, Chase's book, Creative Calling, is an engaging guide to doing just that. Brene Brown said, Chase's experiences and his commitment to creating make him the perfect guide as we set out on our own adventures to learn how creativity has the power to change everything. Now, those reviews are just the tip of the iceberg, and you can read a couple hundred other five-star reviews on Amazon. But again, this isn't just about buying the book. It's about unleashing our most powerful force, our creativity. And I believe it's super important that as a community, we rally around ideas that we believe in. And so picking up a copy of Creative Calling, and more importantly, being a messenger for spreading this message, this is my ask of you. So thanks very much. And now let's get into today's show. So if you couldn't guess from the cold open, this, in fact, is a micro show. One of my favorite versions of the Chase Jarvis Live show here on Creative Live is where I just pick a topic and riff a little bit. I've got a handful of bullet points in front of me, um, and uh, I like to take on topics that I have found were truly, truly impactful to me. Um, of course, the benefit of having another guest on the show is you get the wisdom of um, of other people, of a broader set of experience. But every once in a while, I like to look inside and say, what is true for me? How did I learn it? And how can I share it with others? That's what this show is about. I want to help you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Get comfortable with fear. It's because that on the other side of fear, is all of the best stuff in life. All right, so 
the first thing I want to touch on is I was not too long ago on a podcast that I love called Finding Mastery. And Finding Mastery is hosted by a friend of mine named Michael Gervais. Michael is a psychologist by trade uh, for peak performance, though. He's the psychologist for the Seattle Seahawks football team. He is the founder of Create to Compete, which is a learning platform focused on mindset training. It's really interesting. You should check it out. Um, But it was on uh, that show with Michael where we talked about what I think is this, uh, I believe it's a skill and it is a learnable and practicable behavior to become comfortable being uncomfortable. When we're young people, we are taught that mistakes are bad. And yet, have you ever learned from everything going perfectly? The funny thing is that's not where all the learning happens. Learning happens through mistakes. And you can see where I'm going with this. If mistakes are bad, but that's the only way we learn, then we are training our young people and training ourselves and ingraining in our brains that you should seek behaviors in which you will not learn. Which that doesn't doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. That is counter to growth and development, and it's counter to being the best possible versions of ourselves. When you make a mistake, and you subsequently are able to recover quickly, and you say to yourself, as I mentioned in that clip on on Michael's show, "Wait a minute, I did that." I I navigated my way out of that. That's actually the learning. And if you can replicate that enough times with low to medium consequence things, what are you doing? In a sense, you're lifting weights. In a sense, you're strengthening a muscle such that if you got good at that, what would be possible? What you're really doing when you put yourself in a position where you make a mistake and recover and the consequences are not catastrophic and you build that muscle, what you're really creating is trust in yourself, trust in your body and your mind and all of your assets, all of your tools, the ability to summon all of those resources and survive. Summon all of those resources and recover not avoid mistakes instead make a mistake and summon everything in your power and recover so we've talked about this in concept now let's get into some tactics and some specifics if i'm willing to say that that is one of my best skills being comfortable being uncomfortable so how did i get there and more importantly how can you for me this idea originated with sports now Not all of you uh, can or need to identify with sports, but that's how it started for me. And I believe that we can get a lot of the same things that sports taught me as a kid. We can get that in adult life now, regardless if you're, you know, 22, 42 or 62. When I think about sports in general, sports are very dynamic, right? Uh, In soccer or football, there's lots of mistakes being made Lots of small, low-risk mistakes being made at all times. In a soccer match, you might accidentally pass the ball to the other team, and then you have to recover and defend against your mistake. Or if you're the quarterback of a football team, you might you might throw an interception. Or if you're out in the, the golf game and you might shank one out of bounds, 
the next thing you have to do is put another ball down and try and hit it straight. Now, if we park the sports analogy for a second, let's take a performance. Whether you played an instrument in your childhood and you were you know, forced to perform at the recital or in front of large audiences or even your class. And if you failed and were beaten up for it and never learned to play through that, you might have scar tissue built up. That is even more reason to pay attention to what I'm saying right now. If, though, on the other side of the coin, you experienced some of that lightweight failure with low consequences, you might have been teased by the person that was further along at the trombone than you were. But if you were able to play through that, that's that same taste, the taste that I got through sports that perhaps you got through music or theater. It, of course, is perhaps understandable why you might have a different disposition toward this stuff today as an adult. So let's, in retracing, you know, the steps of our youth, I, I, I don't go there because we can necessarily unpack that or redo it, but just so you can be aware of where you might be on that spectrum. And again, for me, because I played a lot of sports, um, that, that was, it was a really, it was common. I got used to it. It was involved in it a lot. Now, perhaps, you know, your own experience, just let that be a guide and maybe a little bit of insight into how you have the point of view that you have now about failure or about being uncomfortable and let that be a guide going forward. But let's take up a new topic now, which is what can you do today? Now I'm going to point you toward a, a couple of resources. Um, the first one is from a character called Jia Zheng, J-I-A, I believe it's spelled J-A-N-G, his last name. And he has a remarkable talk. I first met Gia at the World Domination Summit, which is an amazing annual event hosted by my dear friend Chris Gillibo in Portland, Oregon. Um, it is, in a sense, a conference, but it is so heart open and built so much connection. Uh, I, I had the good fortune of being a keynote there a while ago, and I think... Uh, assuming he's willing to have me back. I think I'm going to go do it again this year. Um, so check it out. Look, look up uh, World Domination Summit. But I had the unfortunate um, uh, slot to follow Jia Zhang's talk, which was just absolutely extraordinary. And his talk was about rejection therapy. Now, if you've read Creative Calling, I talk about this in the book, so this will be familiar with you. Um, the, the story goes something like this. Gia had um, experienced a ton of rejection. He had a startup that he was sure was going to be successful, and in the end, it failed. And he realized that it was this failure and being miserable with the results of that failure that led him to what he called rejection therapy. What is rejection therapy? If you're not intrigued right now, then I don't know what's wrong with you, because when I first heard rejection therapy, I was like, oh my God, I have to learn more. He's got this talk online. Go check it out. So here's the gist. He set up a series of experiments for himself where he could get rejected in lightweight, simple ways on a regular basis so that he could build up a tolerance for hearing no, for failing, and for recovering from that failure, both emotionally and, and otherwise. He went so far as his, his experiments got so crazy that they, they went so far as showing up at a Krispy Kreme donut store. And this was during the Olympics. And he's like, yeah, um, I like all the donuts that you have. But what I really want is um, 
uh, a bunch of donuts, five donuts, um, all connected like the Olympic rings with frosting, you know, appropriate frosting colors on there. Can you make me one of those, please? Of course, he asked this question. He's expecting to hear no. But guess what? They looked at each other like, well, I don't know. They made it for him. Other things that he thought he was going to get rejected for when he asked, he went up to a police officer and asked if he could drive the man's police car. Guess what the police officer said? Yes. Jia's intention was to put himself in a position of being uncomfortable asking for absurd things. And he found ultimately that that cultivated two things. One, he did get comfortable being uncomfortable. And two, surprisingly, when he asked for some absurd things, some of them came true and people were happy to fulfill his requests. So there's a double, you know, double opportunity there with Gia. But, you know, that's just one example of a lightweight way, a lightweight thing that we can do as adults to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Another thing I'll cite is my dear friend, Tim Ferriss. He talks about our mutual friend, Michael Ellsberg, who uh, had a series, I believe it was in San Francisco, of evenings of eye gazing. That is, you were introduced to a total stranger. And I know this sounds a little bit, certainly uncomfortable, maybe a little bit weird, but just getting comfortable staring into the eyes of another. Now, Michael Ellsberg and Tim talk about doing this in a uh, protected environment where that is the goal, but you can also practice this out in the world just in holding eye contact with complete strangers. And sure, it might be weird, and you don't want to do this with people who might think the wrong thing, so you should develop a an, an easy way out. It's like, oh, sorry, I, if someone says, what are you looking at, man? You could just say, oh, sorry, I thought you were, um, I thought you were a friend. Just give yourself an out. You don't want to, you know, the goal here is not to um, create a safety issue for yourself. The point is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Now, the last example I'll share is one that I am personally very invested in, and it has had a remarkable return on that investment, and that is cold water therapy. And what do I mean by cold water therapy? I mean getting in ice cold freezing water. Now, my own experience was as such. I originally heard about the benefits, the health benefits of cold water exposure. And originally for me, this was in the form of, um, you know, taking a normal shower. And then after, you know, my bathing was done for one minute, just turning the shower knob to ice cold water and letting that go right on your neck, the back of your neck and your face. I'm telling you, you do that for a minute, and at first, so uncomfortable, excruciating, even painful. I hated it. But immediately after that shower was over, I realized that I felt great. So I initially adopted this for what I understood as the health benefits. Of course, there's some anti-inflammatory benefits. You know that ice reduces inflammation and swelling. Um, There's also... And the understanding that it's uh, it's a it's a fantastic um, antidote to depression. It can change some of the biochemistry that's going on in your blood when that cold water hits. Release some endorphins, and there's some there's some positive health benefits around the immune system they've discovered. So I originally started pursuing it for those reasons, 
But then something interesting started to click for me, which I became comfortable being uncomfortable in that cold water. I'm telling you, it's, you know, 530 in the morning. The thought of getting in an ice cold shower for a minute is not one time where I was like, yes, that sounds awesome. But over time, I realized that it was increasing my tolerance for being uncomfortable. All health benefits aside, which I was reaping those benefits as well. My immune system was strong. I got sick way less. This was so obvious and so beneficial to me that I actually put a cold plunge in my house. As in now, I have a pool that is at roughly 40 degrees, which if you haven't, don't understand what 40 degree water is, it is so freaking cold. It's incredibly cold. Now, you know, the science is all over the map, with which is the optimum temperature. And I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter. But what does count is this idea of getting into cold water has been a game changer for me, specifically with being comfortable being uncomfortable. If I'm at home, I'm in that cold plunge. And there's not a day, not one day where I'm lying in bed. Sometimes I got to get up and catch a 6 a.m. flight. So you can imagine a 4 a.m. wake up in December in Seattle in the rain, in the dark, getting in that thing. As you can imagine, I'm not saying, whoo, I cannot wait. I am pumped. But there's not a day that I don't do it because I realized that overall, health benefits aside, the number one thing is that I'm actually good at being uncomfortable. When I'm in there and it is dark and raining, I am thinking to myself, this ain't so bad. So I hope my point is clear. Regardless of your childhood experiences, whether you had the benefits of playing sports or performing in front of people or you came from a household where mistakes were, were celebrated or punished, regardless of your experience, what I want you to take away is that you can start to get comfortable being uncomfortable today. I encourage you to check out that talk by Jia Zhang uh, to look up Tim's work on eye gazing and certainly explore cold water immersion therapy. Um, I write about it at length in, in uh, Creative Calling. And if you search my name in cold water or um, a handful of other people like Tim Ferriss and or a cat named Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F. Um, might have two Fs? No, I think it's one F. Um, there's plenty of science around it. But whatever path you choose, I want you to try and become more comfortable being uncomfortable. And the other side of mistakes is where growth happens. Remember, this is not about being perfect. Perfect is an illusion. Remember Brene Brown talking about the gifts of imperfection. Remember about celebrating imperfection. All that stuff we, we know to be true. But what I also know is true and what I believe a skill that I possess that I have developed over time was not immediately natural. I have come to know that making mistakes and recovering quickly, that being comfortable being uncomfortable is a massive advantage in daily life. Let's agree that life is uncertain. And I find that there is so much value in preparing for that uncertainty by learning to trust yourself, learning to be comfortable without knowing the outcome, but believing that you have the power to pull through 
is one of life's greatest strengths and is worth you spending time exploring your ability to master it. So I gave you sort of three big you know, areas of focus, but this doesn't have to be so scholastic in nature. Hell, it can be as simple as changing what you're serving to your family for dinner. If you normally make a red sauce and you, you know your family likes it, gasp, try a white sauce. Try making something and look, maybe not everybody's going to love it, but what did you do? You went out on a limb and you tried something new. It could be as simple as driving home a different way from work. In that little moment where you're navigating a new path home, or even one that's less familiar than the one you normally travel, I promise you will be 25% more alive. Even if it's 25% more annoyed because you ran into traffic that you normally don't hit if you go the chosen route. But in those little moments, in that little detail where you're doing something new, experiencing something and being uncomfortable just for a moment, think about this podcast. You might curse me, but I believe in the long run, it's going to be good for you and you'll be better for it. All right, before I go, do me a favor and let me know somewhere in the social universe what it is you're trying and if you're getting the results that you desire. The cold water stuff is really easy to go to. It's a fun experiment. You'll think I'm crazy until after you do it for a few times, and then I think you'll love it. The same is true with traveling home or with Jai's talk and or um, Tim's eye gazing. Run a couple of experiments. Let me know how it goes. I can't wait to hear a little bit more from you all. And remember, try to master being comfortable at being uncomfortable. Let me know how it goes. I look forward to being in your ears again soon, hopefully tomorrow. All right, that about wraps it up. But uh, hey, before you bounce, two quick things. Um, Actually, I'm going to go three quick things. Thing one, A, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you, you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we're able to have a conversation is awesome. I feel uh, honored to be in your ears right now and that uh, you've paid attention to what I've been doing, what Creative Live has been doing for some time. And whether it's been a day or 10 years, I just want to say thank you. It's also really important to know on the backside of that that I, I do a lot of responding to comments. So hit me up, on, you know, direct message me on, on Instagram or Twitter or at me. I try and respond as much as possible. So let's have a conversation that transcends me just being in your ears here. Let's try and do it some, somewhere out there in, on the internet land. That's thing one. Thing two, again, I'm not quite sure what channels you pay attention to me and my work, but please go check out. I'm at Chase Jarvis or slash Chase Jarvis or whatever on all the platforms. And it's really important to me. Also, if you wouldn't mind checking out Creative Live, it's something that not only myself, but 120 other committed hardcore badass people come to work every day uh, to build the place where creators and entrepreneurs learn. So check that out. They're just slash Creative Live or at Creative Live all over out there on the internet. All right. Until again, uh, probably tomorrow. I hope I'll hear you. I'll be in your ears maybe tomorrow and I'll look for your comments on the internets. Bye.